0: Hey, it's GMAC. Thanks for settling in with a little bit of CGOB Mornings On Demand. Brett is still on holidays, but that doesn't prevent us from having a little bit of fun. Jerry Richardson and I talk about Slurpees and dog parks. Yeah, they have nothing to do with one another, but we will tell you about the city's plans to name a part of a street in Winnipeg honorary Slurpee Way. Is that giving our citizenry the right message? We'll talk about Japanese culture and an event that's brand new to Winnipeg. We'll also let you know how you can save some money on travel this summer and tell you about our landmark we've chosen for east of the city in our You Are Here series. Don't forget to download, share, and the easiest thing to do is subscribe, and then every day you will get your encapsulated form of CGOB mornings right here on demand. Thanks for taking some time with us. See you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. You are here. We see them all the time on our road trips, landmarks that let you know exactly where you are. Yesterday, we introduced you and told you the story of the waivers up on Highway 59. On Thursday, we'll take you south of the city. Friday, the halfway tree, halfway between Brandon and Winnipeg. There's actually a controversy about that. We'll sort it out for you as well this morning. Uh, Our series, You Are Here, continues. We're talking about some of Manitoba's well-known landmarks. Today, we're headed east to Geppetto's. John Cody from Geppetto's joins us now live on 680 CJOB. And John, thank you for taking some time with us. Good morning. Now, uh, for those that do not know, where is Geppetto's?
1: We're... 50 kilometers from the floodway on number one highway.
0: So not quite halfway to West Hawk Lake, but depending on where you are in the city, it might be halfway on your journey. And uh, I was mentioning that I think your miniature golf course might be the best outdoor course, if it's not the best miniature golf course in all of Manitoba. How busy do you get there?
1: Oh, Mother's Day, we had 130. Father's Day, we had 100. 25, I think, and the holiday weekend, Monday, we had 101. We average about 5,500 a year.
0: That's not a bad little uh, little business at all. So tell us, uh, well, that, that, it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. What's the c- closest community that you can uh, reference uh, at Geppetto's?
1: Richer. Richer. about five, five, seven kilometers west of us.
0: Seven kilometers west. So this has become a popular spot for people to stretch their legs and to, to come and say hi on their way to or from the lake.
1: Yes, we have, we have uh, lots of room for the kids to run. We put up a couple sets of swings. There's, uh, lots of picnic tables to sit at, eat your food. Sandy, my wife, has the best food on number one highway. And it's all homemade. And uh, everybody seems to really like it.
0: So why Geppetto's?
1: Well, when I was younger, uh, I used to make wooden toys. And a friend of ours would would say, uh, where's John? And she came up with the idea. He's out in his garage peddling away. <laughs> so when we started the business, we called it Geppettos.
0: Well, I guess that works. And how long have you been around now, John?
1: 25 years.
0: 25 years. That's a long time to be doing the same thing. What do you do in the wintertime? You open in the winter? No, we close in October and go to Florida. Well, geez, there's a Manitoban who's got it all figured out.
1: Well, we, we put in our 90 hours a week during the summer, so we work double time. So we take the rest of the time off and go, go to Florida, go fishing, have some fun.
0: I like the way you think. So, have you noticed a change in 25 years in terms of how you're received on the highway, and and how busy the highway has become for uh, for whether it be uh, you know Friday or Sunday traffic? Has has it been constant, or or is it an evolving thing?
1: Well, oh, it's it's increased quite a bit over the years, and uh, the number of cars that stop here gets better and better all the time. We have. Lots of people we we know for years come here, and then there's people who sell their cottage and we don't see them again and then there's twenty five new ones so it's it's a it like you say it's an evolving thing, but friday night is is really busy here and and then Sunday is really good with the golf and the and the restaurant it's very busy.
0: Well, it, it like I say, it's uh, unmistakable. I know my kids, when we're heading out either to uh, Westhock or to Falcon or maybe we're going into Ontario to Kenora, Rushing River, my kids always want to stop and uh, play a round of miniature golf, uh, putt-putt as a lot of people <laughs> call it. Right. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a great lawn, landmark, and when you're heading home, you know you, know you haven't got long to, to go until you hit the perimeter. So it's uh, really a genuine landmark. John, I want to thank you for taking some time with us this morning. Thank you for calling me. The pleasure is all ours. John Cody, Geppettos. It's our landmark today, our You Are Here special. What are the landmarks that you tend to suggest, or the suggest to you, rather, that you are just about there or just about here as you're on your way to another destination or maybe you're making your way home back to the city? I know when I go to Minidosa and... I see Happy Rock up in Gladstone. We know Gladstone's coming, but there's just something about seeing Happy Rock—his his smiling face at the north side of Highway Number 16—tells me that uh, if I need to to have a little bit of a rest, I can pull in there, close my eyes, and then I've only maybe got about uh, 30 minutes or so to go to Minotosa. It's a welcome side, a uh, welcome sight on the long highway between Winnipeg and Minotosa. What are those landmarks for you? We're getting lots of suggestions from you you can go to our F- facebook page 680 cgob or you can text those pictures to us we had some beautiful pictures tes- texted to us at 780-6868 yesterday of steep rock and of course the waivers uh, had some great pictures posted on there i was ha- happened to go through there on the weekend and stopped and collected some images. John Bear, if you'd like to go back to our audio vault, was speaking to us. He built the giant chairs in memorial of the the Star Brothers, who used to be the waivers. and uh, he was sitting on one of the giant chairs st- sitting in between the, the oak tree. the two oak trees on either side on the northbound highway, 59 We'd love to hear from you and your landmarks in our continuing You Are Here series. We're the Slurpee capital of the world, right? You, you may have heard that. 19 years running. There's a rumor going around, may even be more than rumor, that they're going to name the part, a part of a street in Winnipeg, Slurpee Way. 780-6868 With your immediate reaction to that news, Jerry Richardson. Your immediate reaction to the news I thought was very profound, sir. Uh,
2: well, why are they doing this? Um, are they getting some kind of a financial incentive from Seven Eleven? Maybe is Seven Eleven saying, "Hey, here's you know a few million dollars. Go make some parks for kids to." be active in so that when they're drinking all all of our slurpees, they're actually then working them off. Uh, I just don't understand why you would name a street. I, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I don't think that it's, something to gloat about that we are the Slurpee capital of the world.
0: Well, and my immediate response to your response was, uh, is that going to be adjacent to diabetes way? You know, uh, and, and that's all joking aside. Uh, that's a very serious comment on my part because, you know, I I admit I like the odd Slurpee, but this whole world capital of Slurpee consumption uh, is something that we get worked up about and we take a certain amount of pride. But I'm, I'm becoming a little bit concerned about it myself because there are health implications associated. It's sugar associated, and water, right?
2: Right? right? It's sugar, water, and, and, and cold. Yeah.
0: How can that be a good thing? if you want to weigh in on this, should Winnipeg be honoring its 19-year run as World Slurpee Capital with an honorary stretch of road? I can see it if 7-Eleven is going to give the city
2: money to build parks and things like that or maintain parks. But
0: otherwise, it's ridiculous. Jerry Richardson, Uh, what's your email? (laughs) People want to (laughs) send you an email, Jerry. Uh, You know, people, Winnipeg and their Slurpees, clearly there's a relationship g richardson at (laughs) cjlb.com g mac at cjlb.com or (laughs) 780-6868 should we be going down this road so to speak winnipeg is moving forward with a plan to build more off-leash dog parks in the city i'm glad the dogs are are getting some more parks right now there are 11 places where pooches can currently run free With a handful in northwest Winnipeg, Charleswood, and St. James, there are also two in the south end of Winnipeg, and just one in the St. Boniface area, and then, of course, at Kilcona Park. uh, North Kildonan is home to one of the larger parks. Just last year, downtown Winnipeg got its first park for pooches, but the supply is not keeping up with demand. As Global's Amber McGookin tells us, that could change as long as taxpayers are willing to pay for it.
3: For big dogs with high energy, there aren't many places they can unleash in Winnipeg. There can be up to 15 dogs in here and in a small area it's quite a bit of dogs running around, running into each other. But the city is one step closer to adding more off-leash dog parks after a council committee meeting supported spending 1.8 million dollars over the next six years for more dog parks
2: what areas have the greatest population density without an off-leash area, Um, what's the dog license density
3: and um, you know is it sustainable to have an off-leash Area in that location is land available. With more than 50,000 dogs in Winnipeg and only 11 parks, many are overused and some areas don't have places for the pups off leash at all. I actually live um, in River Heights, so about 15 minutes away, but I'll drive here because this is probably one of the best parks to go to. And many dog owners are adding to the wish list more parks that are closed off. You know, if you're not sure if your dog is well off leash, um, you'd feel safe that they're enclosed somewhere safe. The city will also consider creative solutions, including using hockey rinks in the off-season. Magukin, global news
0: now my dog does not behave nearly well enough off leash to go to an off leash dog park i i barely trust her in my backyard and it's very well fenced miss abby if you're listening right now you are really missing out on some outstanding dog parks the one downtown is actually gorgeous they have got artificial turf there and little they've created some hills might be a couple of the tallest hills in in winnipeg that they've created uh, for the dogs, uh, essentially at Bonnie Castle Park down on Assiniboine Avenue. So uh, do we need more dog parks? I would think so. Uh, this seems to be dogs and, and and our relationship with dogs, obviously a big part of our lives. 50,000 dogs? That was the number that Amber used there. Um I would suggest if there are only 50,000 licensed dogs in Winnipeg, there might be 50,000 unlicensed dogs in Winnipeg. I think I'm going to have to double check that number. Not because I don't trust Amber's reporting, but I, would, I think there's a second story there if the number of, of licensed animals, licensed dogs in Winnipeg is 50,000. Now, cats... I don't have any cats in my life to speak to right now, but uh, just in the general cats, don't worry. We haven't forgotten about you, at least in Toronto. The website BlogTO is reporting that a Toronto nightclub is set to be demolished in its place. A one thousand meter square meter cat theme park, complete with catnip plants and tiny drinking fountains. Um, but don't plan your getaway to uh, to Hogtown uh, with your cat yet. Uh, it's not expected to be open before twenty twenty two. I'm I'm guessing it has something to do with uh, financing and people actually wondering if uh, the cats will actually stay where they're supposed to stay in the liability involved. And of course I'm I'm joking now. Lots of re holy smokes, a ton of reaction to the 7 Eleven thing. Uh Jerry, I don't think I can uh, keep up with it. Uh let me just uh grab a – uh Oh, Bill says, how about no more dog parks until all the owners uh, learn how to pick up their dogs (coughs) uh, 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 expletive for excrement, a few bad apples. It is gross. Bill, couldn't agree with you more. There's nothing worse than people who do not pick up after their dogs. Uh, If you run out of a a bag, come knock on the door. I'll give you one. Uh, Tim says, just another street in Winnipeg. This is now talking about 7-Eleven. Perhaps having a slurpy way in Winnipeg. Tim says, oh, great, another street in Winnipeg with six different names. Uh, Kathy says only a 7-Eleven pays for the medical facilities that we build on that street. Slurpy Capital and Diabetes are finally being said in the same sentence. Uh, That's thanks to behind-the-glass Jerry. And as long as there is a 7-Eleven built at each end of the road, then give her all sorts of reaction to the possibility of a stretch of Winnipeg Street becoming honorary Slurpee Way. Keep your commentary coming. Great to connect with you, as always. It's, uh, what is it? Is it Jerry? Just Jerry R? What, what is your email? G. Richardson oh, at CJOB.com. Oh, sorry, com. Jerry. G. Richardson at CJOB.com. GMAC at CJOB.com. the 20? <laughs> And this could be the beginning of an annual event based on my conversation off-air with our guest. It's the 2018, and Yuhito, you tell me if I'm saying this right, Bonadori Festival. Yes. Yes, I mean, I know I did it kind of in English there, but the Bonadori uh, Festival, rather, will feature traditional Japanese music, folk dances and street foods. The free event taking place at Burton Cummings Community Centre from 4pm till 9pm. And so to tell us more about this, joined by one of the Organizers, y- Yuhito Adachi, who joins us now, and Yuhito, uh, can tell uh, that you're very proud of this event, and you were telling me this is something that hasn't been done in Winnipeg for some time.
4: Yes, um, the uh, the Bon Odori is the uh, the literally the summer festival in Japan, and uh, if you go to uh, go to Japan and see the uh, visit this festival, something like it, it's basically the, the Bon Odori is So the, the I really wanted to bring this uh, authentic summer festival to Winnipeg. and then uh, this is the uh, basically the first time ever in Winnipeg, and then I can introduce uh, what is the uh, atmosphere of the Japanese festival in Japan. and also the food and also the music. That's basically what I uh, uh, what I um, experienced in when I was a child and then I really liked the music and everything. so uh, very unique. Um, I hope the uh, the all Winnipeggers visit this uh, event uh, find a similar uh, kind of uh, feeling that I had when I was a child.
0: So, of course, we have Folklorama that takes place uh, every August, and then and, and the Japanese community, Japanese-Canadian community, very well represented in that. As I was mentioning to you off-air as well, my aunt and uncle have been long time involved in the Japanese-Canadian uh, organization here in Winnipeg. And this is something, why is this so important for you to bring this or introduce this to us here in Manitoba?
4: So, the, uh, uh, I was being involved in the uh, um, uh, Fukurama <laughs> as well, actually. Then uh, I did the, the ambassador one year. And then uh, the Fukurama is more like uh, widely explained about and introduced about the uh, uh, Japanese culture. So, uh, if you try to focus on uh, only the Japanese summer festival, they'll be a little bit tough. So, only bits and pieces you can introduce. But at this time, uh, what I wanted to do is just uh, bring the whole theme and also the uh, uh, exact uh, uh, festival, what uh, sometimes in Japanese called a Matsuri. Uh, bring it over here, and then you feel the uh, how the taiko, the Japanese drumming is going on. And then uh, 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 I found the, the shamisen, is the Japanese uh, uh, instrument. Uh, player in Winnipeg, so the one of her lady actually played yeah, the shamisen.
0: what what is the instrument and and what is it like? Is there anything that you could uh compare it to uh,
4: I actually did a bit of a google and then uh, it says the Japanese banjo because it's, it looks like a banjo and okay. then it has these three strings and then uh, uh, if you go to Japan and then try to see some kind of a, a traditional music and then you see the shamisens everywhere. And then uh, uh, the player uh, who is gonna uh, go on the stage this time, she's the uh, 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 she came to Canada, uh, got married with the, the Canadian husband, and then she started playing shamisen when she was like grade two or three. So she's quite talented. And then uh, she, I asked one uh, song called uh, called Tokyo Ondo, Can you play this? And then she just do it.
0: Fantastic. So the the color involved in uh, Japanese cultural celebrations, very vibrant. Are mm-hmm. we going to see a lot of these beautiful colors and costumes on display yes. on Saturday? Yes. Um,
4: the, basically, uh, I encourage all Japanese uh, community members and also Japanese Canadians, as well as the, the, any other uh, uh, Jap- Japanese culture lovers, uh, say well if you are interested in wearing the yukata where, uh, which is the uh, uh summer version uh japanese kimono uh, uh, japanese attire and then uh culture center has tons of uh uh yukatas uh in a storage that hasn't been used so oh, wow. i wanted to use this opportunity to bring those out from the uh, uh storage and then uh, let the uh, uh people to wear And and enjoy that feeling too.
0: Okay, the name of the festival, because it's so much more beautiful in your lovely accent than it is in my terrible and broken English at times, the 2018 Winnipeg. Oh, I love the way you say that festival featuring traditional Japanese music, folk dances, street foods. It's happening at Burton Cummings Community Centre from 4 p.m. until 9 p.m. No ticket required. Just come on down. Enjoyed. And uh, Yuhito Adachi is our studio in-studio guest. And Yuhito, based on your your accent, I asked you, you know, were you born in Canada or born in Japan? And And you were born in Japan. How long have you been in Winnipeg?
4: Uh, It's been four and a half years. Uh, (laughs) And then, uh, kind of, uh, this, uh, well, English wise, it helped a lot by uh, all local people. You know, like I went to the University of Manitoba to learn English uh, one month, and then I went to uh, uh, start working right after. Uh, But I started involving the the Japanese Culture Center, and then I became uh, director uh, that year. And then just start helping out the uh, the uh, culture centers and involving how uh, make it more uh, authentic and also the uh, the in the same time reserve the uh, the Japanese Canadians history as well.
0: So, so what's her name that brought you to Winnipeg? What's her name? Because you you had to come here for love.
4: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so Yeah, my my my. Uh, my 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 wife is uh, the from Winnipeg and then uh, 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 uh maiden name is Alison Loxton and she uh, uh she's uh, a half British, half Metis and, and, and she's the director descent of the of the, uh, the Louis Reals. Father real my goodness, yeah, so.
0: what a fascinating story! So this this uh, only in Canada can you have this merger of these uh, very very distinct cultures, and I'm so happy that that you're so proud of, of where you come from, and that you're going to bring this uh, Bonodori uh, festival. I hope I did that a little better this time. Uh, Burton Cummings Community Center from 4 p.m. till 9 p.m. Now one of the most heartbreaking stories. How did you do with the uh, World Cup? Japan's oh. game the other day. Sorry to bring this up because that was quickly followed by the heartwarming story, incredible story. Never mind the fans. We saw the Japanese fans cleaning up after themselves mm-hmm. in the stadium, mm-hmm. but the Japanese football team themselves left their dressing room absolutely spotless. Can you tell us, give us some insight into Japanese culture as to why this would be the case? Uh, the, uh, I, I was in the, uh,
4: uh, the baseball team when I was a child too and it's all an sp- sports culture in Japan, uh, it's all about respect and, and uh, respect is not only against your, um, the, the other team uh, but also the, uh, uh, the field and in the facility as well. So that culture, I think, uh, came from uh, judo and of those kind of martial arts. When you go into the the uh, stadium or uh, arena, you uh, bow and then uh, show the respect to the, the uh, sports itself and also the the uh, the, the facilities. So uh, leaving uh, behind some garbage and everything at the the uh, you know. Those facility is very dispe- uh, respectful for the uh, the uh, facility and also to the sports as well. So that's why uh, uh, that was a very important that y- you never leave anything behind.
0: Now, uh, sports is a big part of culture in Japan. Yes. Uh, baseball? Baseball. Wh- wh- who was your favorite team growing up in baseball? <laughs> did you have one?
4: Yes, it's really a, a local team. It's called a, uh, Yakult Swall- Swallows. <laughs> <laughs> the Swallows. Yeah.
0: They have great me- names for their teams in Japan. Yeah. Did you, you play baseball yourself? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, it's a big part of the culture. I think a lot of people don't realize this. Hey, you know what? You should come back and see us again sometimes. We oh, can, yeah, for we sure. can, Sounds maybe great. Maybe you can be our, our resident expert on <laughs> On all things Japan, because it's at the top of my list mm-hmm. of places to go, uh, plain and simply, for uh, the technology, the transportation, the order, the respect, and for the sure. beauty. I, it's such a, a beautiful country. Which island, uh, which, well, it's a, uh, I want to say trifector, but that's not right. You have the different uh, names of the areas uh, uh, of Japan. Where, the prefectures. Where Prefecture, yeah. thank you. Where, where, where were you born and raised?
4: I, I, I was born in Tokyo, uh, specifically in Minato City, and then, uh, uh, and then also the the raised in in Setagaya, which is the sister city of Winnipeg.
0: It re it is. Yes,
4: I re- really didn't know that until I come to uh, uh, Winnipeg actually. But so, what,
0: what city is that?
4: The Setagaya. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've got all sorts of research to do here. You've been a wealth of information. You're a delightful human being. Thanks for doing this. Why don't you give the pitch one more time for your festival on Saturday? Tell us one more time uh, where to go.
4: Oh, uh, It's uh, uh, Burton Cummings Community Centre. And then uh, uh, the festival starts at 4 till 9.00. A lot of music and uh, performances as well, and it's uh, the festival called the Bon Odori Festival.
0: Outstanding! Thank you for this, Yehido. Lovely to meet you. Thank <laughs> you. Jeremy Bradley joining us here. He's got a variety of different things that he does, but I think most of us know him as the Winnipeg Cheapskate. And you—you you were just about late. For our segment, Jeremy, all in an effort oh. to
5: save a few dollars, I imagine. Wow, calling me out already. Yeah, what well, great hey, that's start. what I do, right? But now I'm living what I what I preach, though, right? Yeah, if I have a quick second to, to tell everybody, I'm all about asking for discounts. And so I was just across the way at the mall. Some of the stores are open right now. And I remembered that I needed to get dog biscuits. And so there's one box of, uh, and we've got them on the, on the desk here. There's one box left, but the expiration date was a little past. And so they've already marked it down by $2, which is what they do to try and get rid of it before it expires. Well, now that it's expired, there's no problem with just going and asking a cashier hey, can you mark this down a little bit more because it's already, uh, you know, past the date. And we know about best before dates. That's been in the news recently that it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. And so sure enough, she goes and asks the manager and the manager's like, yeah, you know, mark it down. So you get, you know, $5 box of dog biscuits for a little over a dollar. Because it's for like, $2 you. off and then 50% off. I'm not a math person, but I came out ahead. That's what matters <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> I would argue against your uh, assertion that you're not a math person. Uh, we were talking off air about, holidays and vacationing. And let me tell you, that can be incredibly expensive, no matter which of these fancy websites you're using, right? In terms of trying to find a deal, they're all telling and selling you a deal, but am I really getting a deal? Have you got some tips and saving me
5: money on vacay? Okay, so online, certainly. When it comes to booking flights, uh, that is something that is it's easy to get a discount. And whether that's just using a, a promo code or waiting for a seat sale. The seat sales nowadays with the major carriers aren't as good as they used to be, you know, 10, 15 years, some of us might recall that. But now with the discount travel sites, uh, one that I particularly use quite often is one travel.com, and right on the front page they offer you a promo code. Save $15, one five, fifteen dollars on your booking and and go ahead and do that. Now, one of the things that people might not think to do is book it separately. Yes, you might be going round trip, but if I'm going Winnipeg to Los Angeles, book it one way. Use that promo code and get the $15 off, and then book my return flight separately, one way, Los Angeles to Winnipeg, and get another $15 off
0: that that pays for your baggage handling fee one direction or, or thereabouts, right? Yeah,
5: and one of the other things that people are starting to do, now this one's a little bit harder and some of the airlines don't like it. I believe it's actually you can get in trouble with some of the American airlines is you can book, you know, we have to have a lot of connecting flights from Winnipeg. We don't have direct flights. But if I did want to go to, let's say, Chicago, we have a, a connecting flight there, but it might be cheaper for me to book Winnipeg to Orlando with a connection in Chicago, so I'll book Winnipeg to Orlando and just knock it on the second flight and just stay in Chicago. So that's something that it's 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 rare to find those now, but that's still an option as well.
0: Yeah, because you can get in trouble for that. I know I was traveling with a buddy of mine to St. Cloud, Minnesota. He was flying all the way through. I'd rented a car in Minneapolis. We were both going to the same Same exact location. And uh, when we went to pick up his luggage in St. Cloud, they weren't very happy with him. Right. Right. So you got to be a little bit careful with that stuff. But there are lots of ways to to get creative. Clearly, what are are some of your other favorite ways to to save a few bucks, whether it's on a vacation or, or otherwise?
5: Uh, well, let's let's stick with uh, vacations. Hotels. This is really good, too, because, again, you've got the actual hotel website, and then you've got these other uh, offsites, like, you know, hotels.com, these other ones that can get you a room as well. I still find that calling the hotel directly—now, what I also like to do is call late at night, because minimal staffing, and chances are the person who's answering the phone at the front desk might also be the night manager— And so they've got the authority to sometimes give you a discount. Now, what I also like, this is where your acting skills come in, everybody, is I like to pretend I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a helpless tourist. I'm not familiar with the area. I don't really know, you know, oh, are you guys close near the such and such museum or are you close to the water park or are you close to, and you build that rapport. That's what I found is Rapport building is huge when it comes to scoring a discount or a deal on something. And so when you've talked with them for a few minutes and you've kept them busy and you seem really interested, that's when you can ask, you know what, do you have quite a bit of availability for such and such weekend or this night? And if they go and say, oh, yeah, we've got tons of space, <laughs> well, that's when you can go and ask and say, hey, you know what, rather than having that room sit empty, can can you you know give it to me a little bit cheaper? And again, if you've develop that rapport, a lot of times, I'm not saying every time, a lot of times, they would say, yeah, you know what, sure, I'd rather have that room booked than have it sit empty.
0: Well, and let's face it, uh, front o- front office and front desk staff, front line workers are quite often used to being treated not very light, nicely, right? Not that every single call or interaction is unpleasant, but when people come along that are nice that are interactive, that are sincere in in asking them how their day is going, you can build that rapport fairly easily, I find.
5: Yeah. And, you know, years ago when I worked in in retail, and this might be saying something about my character, but years ago when I worked in retail, you're right. If I had a customer coming, you know, coming swinging and and just almost like picking a fight and arguing and yelling, even though it wasn't my fault, I was... Not willing to go out of my way to, to help them. But if I did feel that connection with them and I, you know, whether I, I liked them or I felt sorry for them or whatever, uh, then, then I would sometimes go out of my way. So I think, you know, even just being a human, being a decent human being, polite, being Canadian, I guess we could also say, right? Sure. Goes a long way. And and I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you can save some money.
0: Jeremy Bradley is the Winnipeg Cheapskate. He joins us in studio now. You can follow him on Twitter, uh, become one of the 71,000 followers. He's also a syndicated radio host, newspaper columnist, he's done all sorts of great stuff. Uh, You can follow him, Jeremy D. Bradley, on Twitter. And you're going for quite the adventure later on this summer.
5: Not as exciting as yours, as you were oh, telling no, me. Oh no, I think uh, uh, yours is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, the Dawson City Music Festival. Going up there to uh, to have some fun with some uh, Canadian indie music artists, and it's it's really a community feel. And so I'm I'm looking forward to going up up to Yukon again and uh, and spending some time there.
0: I've never been there. Chanelie uh, Vidal used to live in the Northwest Territories in, in Yellowknife. Uh, tell me uh, about the. It's sort of like the last frontier for a lot of Canadians. Is is NWT? Is Calwit and Nunavut? Uh, Dawson
5: City, anywhere in the Yukon, really. Tell, Tell us a little bit about it. Dawson City seems like untouched... Like you're going back in time, almost like a movie set, you know, like a western kind of a movie. But that's what's so charming about it. You know, you've got the people who are at the visitor center are dressed in in traditional clothing from back in the day, right? The the gold mine, and then there's a, a casino there where there's the cancan girls, and and they do a show every night, and you really do feel like you've gone back in time. So it, it really is a gem. If anybody can, uh, well, use some of our cheapskate tips and, oh, and take a trip. <laughs> absolutely.
0: So, uh, getting back to that whole idea uh, of not only a cheapskate, but that, that human interaction, Expedia had their little survey that came out a few weeks ago. I don't know if you caught it. They're 25 friendliest cities, uh, locations, destinations in Canada. Winnipeg didn't even make the top 25. We had a discussion. We've, we, we think we boiled it down to Halifax and St. John's have the friendliest people in Canada. I'm guessing you've been to both those locations. Where would you rank them?
5: Oh, you know, I, I hmm. I, I did a a press trip actually to Nova Scotia and went to all of the different rural communities. So I actually didn't spend any time in any major centers. And uh, you know, zigzagging around the province for the five days that I was or four or five days that I was doing it. Uh, again, very, very nice. and, I mean, you get that in rural Manitoba, but it just seems like the East Coast folks are a little bit nicer. That's nothing bad about no, Manitoba, no, of course. No, uh, but but they're just yeah, they're just welcoming. And I think also too, what I experienced was that they love when people from you know central or, or the west uh, do go out and visit, and and we're intrigued by their way of life. And we can go clamming, and we can go you know doing all these things that we don't do in Manitoba. And if you show an interest in it, and it's really quite fascinating to do those things, then you're one of them. You're part of the family.
0: They like to show. You- You and they like to show it off. Hey, one tip that uh, that I have that maybe I can share with you and you can expand on it before we go here, Jeremy, is uh, my wife and I have been uh, buying the odd piece of furniture the last little while. We found something that we really liked at a particular store, and it it was at regular price. And we said, you know, we really like this. Have you got in? You know, is there any room to move on on the price? No, you know, that this kind of the price. If you got any sales coming up? Well, actually, yeah, there is. And we built that rapport. Mm-hmm. We were at two different stores for the sa- two different locations, same store. And, you know, one of the individuals sent us an email to let us know that they had a sale coming up on the Canada Day long weekend. The, and someone at the other location didn't bother to do Uh-oh. that. Guess who got the sale? <laughs> and then some, right? So right. nothing wrong with asking if you've got something coming up, right? Because a lot of times they know the promotions in advance.
5: Oh, yes. Especially in retail when uh, they're putting together flyers uh, or, or sales. Those are, those are done over a month in advance sometimes. And the staff might not necessarily know know, but they also might get a bundle of the flyers delivered to the store the week before. So, if they're, if they're really uh, clued in, if they're in, in the loop of things, then they, they might know, hey, you know what, this is, this is coming on sale next week. They might not be allowed to tell you that, but if they do, that's great because now you're guaranteed to come back next week and, as you say, buy maybe even more.
0: The Winnipeg Cheapskate himself, Jeremy Bradley, in studio with us. Uh, I hope your uh, pup enjoys uh, the milk bones. Or do you want, we can have some. Yeah, we can share. I okay, don't no, if no. you're going get to get me some ice cream. I'm Greg Mackling for Behind the Glass. Jerry, thank you for spending part of your week with us.